All right, we're moving right along here so quick, so rapidly, rapidly <laughs> progressing. We're at Mishnah Hay already. This right will be finished. Uh, yeah. So here we are by Yosef Miyokh Nishushim. So we said in the beginning, the introduction of this whole thing, that each of these gentlemen, Antigonus and Yosef Ben Yoezer, YBY1, YBY2, were all expansion packs on the original Shimon Tzadik. Okay? So now we're up to the Gmilut Chasadim issue. We're going to get to the fundamentals of Gmilut Chasadim. And now this Mishnah, I'll just read it first in case you guys don't remember. Your house needs to be open wide. Uh, and poor people should be the members of your household. And don't talk too much with the lady. We're talking about your wife. For sure, your friend's wife. And from here, the rabbis say. All the time that a person is uh, uh, speaking uh, a lot right? uh, with, the, with the woman, he causes bad to himself, and he's not learning. And in the end, he's going to inherit hell. Fantastic. Okay, so now that, that's bizarre. So there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of, uh, of chidushim over here and a lot of diukim uh, and different pshatim. And I'll bring some of them. But the, uh, I think the general point that he makes and the yisuid for gemilas chasadim, I think, is, uh, is extremely pashat uh, in what he's saying. And it's, uh, it doesn't... You know, we, we don't need chidushim, guys, I'll be honest with you. For a shir, for a class, you like to have chidushim. But if we're actually trying to live better, I don't know how many chidushim you need. I don't know how much more information any of us need to live better than we are right now. Right? I think we're, uh, we probably have enough info to be a heck of a lot better person than you are now. Right? The problem is not so much, uh, you know, more, more knowledge or, or more information, but rather just applying what we have sometimes need help applying it, or uh, and here you're going to need help focusing. So the, the, he's going to help you focus over here um, on the gemilas chasadim idea, what the ikker, what the ikker maneuver is that allows chesed to take place, real legit chesed to take place, the way Hashem wants it. The one that keeps the world going is this, and it's bizarre because it flows right into what Rabbi Tagger was talking about this morning, which is one piece of bizarrity, and the other piece is that what Rabbi Tagger spoke about this morning. Uh, connected right to Biden's acceptance speech as president of the United States, who had gave a similar talk uh, in his acceptance speech about you know the hatred and uh, bridging the and unifying and healing the different factions of American society. It's uh, it's like the theme today. Well, it's thematic. We're having a thematic day today. Good. Good luck to him. And good luck to us. <laughs> Here's, here's how it works, okay? And we spoke about last time, the, your, your house, your home, okay? Both him and YBY1 are both obsessed with your home, your home life. And the reason is, like we discussed last time, because the home is a place that you're safe. And Asha, it's a place you can be yourself, we said, right? A place you don't want the rabbis in, because I have to have one place people don't tell me what to do. We joked, half joked, right? Our home is where we are we. Home is where you hang your hat, whatever that means. That's our home. It's a, if you think about what a, what a home is, it's a little piece of the world that you carved out that's yours. You can decorate it however you want. 
You can control the weather patterns inside, right? You could put everything that you want in there. That's uh, right. That's what your house is. It's a tiny piece of the planet that you, you know, you 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 contained with walls and a thing, and now you get to control the inside of that thing. Okay, it's your little piece of reality, of the giant universe. That's your hundred square meters of space that you can control somewhat you know, until you have kids. Uh, you can somewhat <laughs> control that environment. That's your home. And so that's, we, we spoke about before your relationship with truth and how you don't really get to be in control in your home and how difficult that is for us uh, to not have anywhere to go where the truth is not the truth. And here's the other part. And this is hard. There's a lot of hard things that are going to be said in this thing. Okay, the other thing that you like about your home is that it keeps the other people out, right? It's a privacy. It's a private place. Okay, so I'm not leaving the rabbis outside. Okay, Mr. Brewer is going to follow me in. If I go, okay, I accept. That's what Kabbalah Satora means. I'm accepting the truth and that what Ratzon Hashem means. I'm a good boy. Okay, but I keep the riffraff. I keep the riffraff out, right? My home is a place that's nice and... Uh, and clean and full of people that I like. And uh, it's a way to sever me off of the rest of society. I go out there and I go out into the world. Okay? And I work and I have uh, interact, social interactions. I come to yeshiva, whatever it is. But then I go home afterwards. And my home is I get to have privacy. Okay? That's uh, the pshita for everyone. And, and, and I don't, we're not going to take that away completely. I don't think I don't think there's anyone who, who holds that you shouldn't have privacy altogether, but probably not as much as you think, uh, and for a very important reason. Um, right, your house needs to be open lirvacha. So if you look here in the different mafarshim, uh, I just call it the midrashmol, so I don't have to pay attention to who's who. Lirvacha um, either is referring to the rivacha, the actual the, the town square where everybody passes by, your house should be open to that, so that you're like basically advertising that your house is open. Or levacha means absolutely, right? And it's not partially open, or what do you call it? Levacha is wide. It should be wide open. Your house needs to be wide open. Grand Central Station. Okay, everybody knows it's open. Everybody knows they could come in. No advertising, right? You literally advertise with big arrows, you know, flashing arrows, pointing, you know, come on in, guys. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do all the other chidushim right now. So this one, there's all kinds of uh, of interesting, fun stuff over here, right? About uh, which way is it going? Is it that the poor people are, are supposed to be members of your household? Or that you should treat the members of your household like poor people? That's uh, a few people are learning that uh, you should take care of the poor to the extent that your own children are neglected. Uh, that's actually a shot here by more than one person. Um, you're taking care of all these uh, guests and all these people, and your kids are, uh, you canceled their, uh, their after-school activities, and they're, they're wearing hand-me-down clothing, and what he's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you're doing it right. <laughs> you're doing it right. And then they don't talk to the, don't talk to the wife thing. Uh, people learn because wives don't like that. If you talk to her too much, she's going to stop you from doing all this achnasas horchim because you're, uh, you're neglecting the children, so don't talk to her too much. So that, that she doesn't influence you the other way, which is fantastic. And they bring a raya from uh, they bring a raya from last week's parsha, because Amravinu tells sorry, Menu. He tells her, "Lushi si kemachseles, right? Shloshlim kemachseles. Lushi v'alsi ugos." He tells her, so you don't have to say kemach and solet. 
Okay, kemach is regular flour, and solet is like super fine flour. So Chazal learned that he first that kemach cheaper. So he first said kemach because he knew if he went right to solet, she was going to resist. Because you know, sorry, Emmanuel. So she was going to resist. So first he said kemach, which is the cheaper one, so that she was on. Once she was on board, he went. He went for the solet. There you go. Because we all know women are super stingy and don't like taking care of guests. Raya from Sarai, Menu. No? Yeah, I didn't hear it either. But, <laughs> he said it. These guys are way more bearded and dead than I am. <laughs> so, they got, they got that on me, these guys. Excellent. Okay, it was uh, weird. I said that last week. What yeah. happened? That people are way more bearded yeah, and dead yeah, than yeah. he is? He said, yeah. we should ask you, um, your like, wife for when you want to lend someone. Oh, very good. Yeah, same idea. You said that last week. Absolutely. Yeah, just don't talk to her about it. Okay? There is such a thing. I'm not, the truth is I'm not, I'm making fun because it's funny, especially bring a ride from sorry, maybe. But uh, there is a, there is a, you know, not for all the women that are listening, um, but there is there is an element of truth to that. Especially if you're neglecting your children. There's no way she's putting up with that. Okay? Not a chance. Um, so it's a big question about Avos in general, that question. Um, and uh, there's no way, I don't think there's any way Shulchan Aruch to hold that this is a chiyuv. Mm-hmm. Okay, and generally speaking, they learn, even when they have the heavy Danas Kolar and the Kavzchus Mishnah, that that's a Midas Chasidus version of the halachic version of the Kavzchus. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think generally they learn this as, uh, as external to the chiyuv of the Shulchan Aruch, but... I don't know, I bet you could probably ask someone else and they'd say, absolutely not. It's 100%. Good. So here's the trick. The Aniyah Minei Beisacha, here's what I understood is the, is the, the trick. And I have, another, uh, I have another piece of homework for everybody. Don't worry, it doesn't involve interacting with any other human beings. Okay, so you could relax. There's no sharing involved in this one. I don't know if anyone's kept up there at Tzvila Chavrusa. If you have, God bless you. If you haven't, you know, God bless you. <laughs> This is exact. What does that mean? Okay, let's just take it very simply. Like I said, no chidushim. Your bnei bias are people that have as much a right to be in your house as you do. That's your relationship with them. Think about it. It's your kids. Uh, bnei bias is a concept that generally over time has kind of uh, faltered and, and failed. The home has become pretty much restricted to just the family. Okay, but uh, there was a thing where you had bnei bias of people that stayed by you, people that were like family, right? And we still have that. Like I am the, the Setzers, for example, the one family I know that does that. They almost always have some guy living there for months. Right? And it's a, it's a thing that the that Balei Chesed do still. Um, but what it means is they're basically members of the family. Okay? That's the... So that was the way you're meant to treat the Aniyam. Okay? So the simple... Uh, what do you call pshat is, you know, you have to be welcoming, and as welcoming as you would be to your own family, and let them in, and blah, blah, blah. But that's not uh, the, the, and of course it's true, right? You, you have to not, you open the door crack and, and throw the five shuttles at them, and, and close it before they uh, infect your uh, household with their stinking poverty. I just read a story now um, about a, a, a man in, who's telling you, Ben Ishchai? I told the story, I think, about a rich uh, family in, in uh, a rich family in Prague. And uh, the way it worked in Prague was that after shul, after shul, it's a Friday night, so all the poor people would hang out outside the shul. And as you left shul, you'd pick a few up, right? Like, uh, like Mexicans picking up for work or whatever. You'd pick a few poor people up on your way home as your guests. That's how the poor people got fed. 
on Shabbos was they would kind of congregate around the entrance to the shul, and as you left, you would select your select your poor for the evening. Mm, no, take that one. no, no, you in the back, go sit down. That, one. that would be that was how it worked. So this man was a tremendous Baal Chesed, uh, about stock guns, very wealthy. He had like a palace and servants and the whole thing. So he uh, would wait. He would hang out and do Shnai Mikra or whatever and wait till everybody left because he knew everyone would take the respectable looking poor people and at the end there were going to be these foul, stinky human beings left, right? The foulest of the dumpster living humans would be left in the hall and he would take all of them. Okay? He'd wait till he got the refuse of the refuse and take all them home. Uh, and when he got home, the problem was is that, if to go back, this is Prague a long time ago, that these people were, were lice-ridden. They were full of lice. They had uh, like body lice. I don't know you guys were not even familiar with the concept. Okay, but when you're so incredibly foul and disgusting, the lice live on your body, in your clothes. Right? They're just, uh, it's not even like the hair lice, that even that doesn't exist in the civilized world, only in, in this country. But it's like, it's body lice. It's like filthy, caked in filth that you could scrape off. Like, I'm change the you can imagine the stench of these people. That's who he would bring home every week. And his wife never complained. She was on board, serving these people, treating them with respect and the whole thing. The servants couldn't handle it because they, it took them forever to de-louse the stuff after Shabbos because the lice are now everywhere. They're in the carpet, they're on the things, and they had to clean all the upholstery from the like, literal filth of these people every Motsi Shabbos. And they couldn't understand why he couldn't bring home more respectable people. And every week he's doing this. So the... Um, so the story goes, that can, the reason why I told the story was that in the, in the Holocaust, uh, this guy was in uh, one of the camps, um, and he said he never got lice. Everyone else. It was like a plague, lice, in the camps. And you were sleeping like seven to a bed, and everyone in the bed was, was louse-ridden, was lousy in the real sense, the whole time. It never touched him, not one time. And he said it was always in the schuss that he had all those disgusting people over. Every shot was dealt with their lice, and Hashem protected them and never got lice. Uh, throughout the throughout his whole experience in the camps. So that we're not doing, okay? We don't do that. We don't, even the poor people that come to ask for money, so uh, you invite them in, you treat them like people. Uh, do you know their names? There's people that come regularly. When I was here, those people came regularly. Do you get to know who they are? Do you know their story at all? Do you treat them like people? All right? Is it more like a toll booth? Or you got to throw your change at it so that you can keep going? All right? That's generally people's relationship with poor people. Ding. They just wait for the thing to go up. And sometimes they keep talking and they're like, I understand what's happening right now. I gave you money already. Mm. Why are we still here? Why don't you know how this works? That's uh, unfortunate. So for sure, in the simplest sense, to invite people in, to treat them like people, to smile, make eye contact. Uh, if they're regulars, to get them to know their names and their stories. It's, uh, it's just obvious. That's just an obvious part of being human. But it, it goes further than that here to the, you know, the level of the disturbing that Chazal are always pushing us towards. Uh, B'nai B'Sachah is a very strong term, and uh, combined with the Beis Chapeturah Tervacha, what it means is that you need to give up that idea that you have, that there's some difference between you and those people. Right? It's not easy. This is uh, not going to be an easy one at all. Okay? It may be easy to understand, but uh, near impossible to do, it seems. Okay? The whole concept you have in your head of an us and a them and a you in your house, and a them outside your house, and the, the homed and the homeless, as some kind of two different things, like there's some essential difference between the two of you? Absolutely not. That guy is a Ben biased by you. Meaning, that guy has as much a right to your house as you do. 
right? Which is a crazy thought to have, but you think about it a little more, it's not so crazy. Why are you in a house and he's not in a house? Are you going to claim like that makes sense? Did you do something in life where I promise you all these people have stories? Did you do something in life that guaranteed that you got to be the rich one as opposed to the poor one? Right? This guy was born in an alley, or wherever he was, or he was doing fine, and then his fortunes turned, and now he's living in the street, which is the story for most of them. Or is a mild mental illness, so he can't hold a job, but not enough mental illness that anybody cares, which is the story of a lot of them also. Right? Yeah, is there any real difference between the two of you? Is there some real way for you to explain why you deserve to be here and he deserves to be there? The answer for sure is no. You tell yourself that, you don't say it out loud, because then you'd be a monster. But that's what you believe, that there's some essential difference. I'm not homeless, and I could never be homeless. It's not me, it's a different species altogether. Not quite human, maybe, even. And it's crazy to say those things, but that's what you say. Again, like I say, you don't say it out loud, because it's a monstrous thought to have. But that is how you feel. And to feel like your house needs to be open wide, that they have as much a right to, that they're b'nai bias, they have as much a right to be in your house as you do, it's erasing lines in your head that are so far in there, you don't even know they're in there. It's, uh, the, it's, that's why I say it fits right in with the Rosh Hashiva's thing. The, those lines are totally false, and they're just a way for you to protect yourself from the reality of reality, which is that there's zero reason. There's zippo, nothing. There's no reason why you don't live on the streets. None, other than the fact that Hashem decided in His wisdom and kindness to put you in a house. Okay? And put this guy in a cardboard box. That's it. Right? Why do you get to be in your house and him not? You don't, as I'll say. So open it up. Let this guy in. Right? Not as a matter of treating him like a human being. No one has to tell you. I don't need Pirkei Elvis to tell me that. Okay? I don't need, uh, nobody does, but I, don't, I didn't need Yossi ben Yochanan Yishu Shalayim to show up and tell me to treat people like people. Okay? But this part, I needed, this part I needed to hear. This part, that the goal of Gemilas Chasadim is the erasure of those lines. That the difference between Aniyam and the members of my household is erased. I don't have it anymore. I don't see them as any different than my family. That's very challenging. Right? That extent of, of line erasure is a, a, a serious challenge for everyone. And the, the, this, the world that we live in now is so the opposite of that. And pretty much the, one of the reasons why I have such trouble with it is because of the news. Okay? The news, the internet in general, uh, is, is it's made our world much, much, much bigger, uh, which has advantages in a certain sense, but it also has made the world something that I can't really connect with in full. It's too big. It's too big and there's too much going on. There's too much horribleness going on for me to identify with. Okay? It's too much. So you have a news category in your head where you put things, or else you'd be a mess all the time. Every time you heard about a another genocide or another whatever, that'd be it for you. Right? If you identified what was going on, if you thought about for real what was happening, okay, you're, uh, it'd be the end of you. Right? You wouldn't be able to function. That's the story with uh, Rebuchan Wasserman, where he went back and told the Chavetz Chaim about apartheid. The Chavetz Chaim was in his office for three days, couldn't come out. Okay? That's what would happen if you were identifying with human beings as humans. That's the actual reaction. Okay, and said so we don't. That's that. That's them. That's it. What do you call it? There they go again. These, uh, whatever they are, Eastern people or Southern people or Black people or Chinese people or whatever, Pakistani people or Americans, or whatever version, <laughs> whatever thing you want to do. You have some way to quarantine them so that that's them and this is you. 
and it doesn't impact you or affect you, and I don't identify or empathize, and I don't have to feel anything because it's just more news. And you do that more and more and more and more, and you have more and more segment, your society gets segmented more and more until you are where we are now. How many people do you identify with, really? Not so many. To the point where even traffic accidents and stuff when you pass by, right? You're not really thinking that could be me, these suckers, or whatever, the guy gets pulled over, whatever the thing is. You know, it's, uh, it's amazing how quickly we quarantine, and that's them. And that's not shaykh to me, and that's not possible for me. Uh, it's terrible. And the goal of Gemilas Chasadim as a whole is not taking care of people, okay? It's not, Hashem could take care of people just fine. does not need you to take care of poor people. Hashem could do just great. Take care of poor people, and if he wanted to take care of he would take care of them, okay? There's a reason why poor people exist. And, not, and the reason why Napu people exist and the whole thing, and what Chazal tell us is that this is the goal. The whole reason why there's, again, we don't, there's a lot of reasons why there's poor people and how the heck, I don't know, who knows how this world works, I have no idea. Okay? But the goal of Milas Chasadim is not that. The goal of Milas Chasadim is this, is to make sure this doesn't happen to, to the world. What happened? Make sure that the world doesn't get divvied up into camps and an us and a them, and everything comes apart, which is exactly what's happened to us. And for sure amongst the and for sure amongst the Jewish people, and for sure for this stupid of a reason. Okay? That this is the 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 worst thing that could be. You're 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 first of all, it's your brothers. And second of all, you're 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 severing yourself from them and declaring on the basis of what? It's not even like the Rosh Hashiva's thing. I can make sense that the guy's got a different sheeta. It makes sense to me to not like him. Okay? He's doing the wrong thing. It's a little challenge. You have to tell me I could disagree and always doing the wrong thing, but still love him and blah, blah, blah. That's a challenge with the Rosh Hashiva saying. It's not easy. You have to have a little dance. You have no dance by poor people. It's not necessary at all. It's literally, the, it's, it's just a, like a patently ridiculous and stupid and cruel thought to have that there's any difference between the two of you at all. Right? It's so easily seen through, and yet it's all, we all do it. This thing of the poor people being B'nai B'Sacha is gigantic. And it's the, the, what you have to, the critical goal that you have to hold in your head is that that's what all your chesed needs to be. And it's not about poor people. Okay? Poor people is just an extreme example because they're the ones that you don't want in your house. Because okay? he's crazy. Because he smells bad. You also smell bad. You just have a shower where you get to wash it off every day. Okay? You smell the same he smells. I promise. Right? Go hang out where he hangs here. It smells exactly the same. Don't shower for a week, Zavi. No one's going to be able to be near you. Okay? That's uh, it's fact. There's no difference between the two of you. You'd be crazy, also, living in a cardboard box. People, no one making eye contact with you for years at a time. Yeah, everybody would go mad. Right? It's uh, legit craziness. Okay, so to make to ensure that the chesed that you're doing is moving in this direction. Don't take care of people. Don't give large amounts of tzedakah. Okay, give large amounts of tzedakah. But that's not, that's not the goal with Milos Chasadim, was a, a checklist, how many people got taken care of because of me. That's a great thing. And like we always say, you do mitzvahs, Hashem will reward you. There's no question. Right? But the goal of it is this. The goal of it is that you've completely erased the line between them and me. And there's the fact that you're poor and I'm rich is just something that Hashem did that I don't understand. But you're welcome. You're as welcome as my family. Right? And you have to see, practically, you have some Rabbi Beller questions of how to take care of it and so on. So, okay, so those are Rabbi Beller questions of how to do it. But that that's where you need to be living in your head, there's no question about it. Okay? We didn't get to the women section of it, why women are so important over here. We'll do that tomorrow. But I did want to leave you with a piece of homework. Um, and again, I'm not going to check. I'm not going to check up if you're uh, doing your homework or not. But 
the situation in everywhere uh, in the world is very bad right now economically. And uh, the situation amongst our brothers and sisters here in Israel is also doing very, very bad. It's very, very bad. Uh, and it's shockingly bad. And uh, it's something that we have been protected from, except for people who have families that have lost jobs and businesses and you're not so protected. But uh, for the most part, we, we live in a world where people have savings accounts. Uh, we live in a world that was not necessarily so heavily impacted uh, by this corona thing. Um, but in listening to, uh, I think, Ramorich Eliyahu Zatzal, one of his sons, who's uh, one of the chief rabbis here, uh, so he was talking about uh, storekeepers and store owners uh, uh, in Yerushalayim that he's in contact with, uh, and they're at the level of suicide, these people. He's like talking them down off the ledge right now because their lives have been uh, like ruined. You can't imagine. A store can't not be open. If you run a store, it's a very tight ship month to month. It's very close. If you don't turn over your sure clothing stores, shoe stores, if you don't turn over your inventory, you miss a season. What are you going to do with all that stuff that you paid for? You still owe the money for all that, and you have no money to pay it back. And you're paying rent on the store in Arnona and taxes and whatever else is going on. And now you're stuck with your whole summer inventory. What the heck are you going to do with it now? Now it's when you can't use it next year because it won't be the style anymore. No one's going to buy that stuff. Next year's thing. It's crazy, but that's how it works. Clothing stores, shoe stores in particular. You miss it, you missed it. And now not only are they not making money and have any pranasa, they're, like, they're drowning in debt. One where they're like he said, is a few of them he's spoken to are thinking about killing themselves. They can't do it. And other ones are talking. They can't feed their kids. They have no way to pay for anything. It's just debt. The whole thing is no parnasa coming in because the stores have been, the stores have been closed. They have nothing. The guy said he goes to the store and he begs people passing by, like, please call me and I'll deliver it to you. Something, anything. It's like uh, it's heartbreaking. And these are like down the block. These are you can see their stores boarded up or whatever. Go look all the closed things. So the, uh, my, my homework is, think about it. It's hard, we're not store people, we're not business people in that sense. But think about a guy, he's married, he has kids, he's invested, he took out loans from the bank to start this little restaurant or whatever it is, and, uh, and now he's done. And nothing to do and no way to pay these things off, ever. The boy is thinking about killing himself, and there's not one and not two. I think about it, try to get into that a little bit and daven for these people. You don't know their names. You don't know who they are. That's a, if you do, then even better. But just generally speaking, the Jewish people, you could daven for the whole world if you want, but minimally just the Jewish people that are in such terrible matzav now. It's not the sick people so much. There's way less sick people than there are these people. Okay? The biggest impact of this thing has been economic. All those families, all those people, there's no, uh, this should be very easy. Okay? It's like this. It's even easier. It's a little bit of the erasure between us and them. Okay? That is you. That could easily be you or any of us. The fact that we're in a protected environment was just a gift that Hashem gave us. Okay? And if you're not in a protected environment, so then you know exactly what I'm talking about. People's parents lost jobs and these families are not doing well now. Okay? If you're there, then you, then you don't need any help with this. You're already dominating. Okay? But if you're not and you've been safe, realize that there's no reason why you're safe and they're not. And for whatever reason, Hashem and His wisdom decided to put these people through this, no question we need to be davening, okay? So my homework to everybody is think about this a little bit, try to identify with the situation of these uh, Jewish people, okay? And daven for them. Not much else you could do. And this, uh, you can, you can uh, buy stuff from their stores, but how much money are you guys going to spend today? Yeah, but davening we can always do, all right?
Skal